tell them here and let them be Well, I got something deep inside of me I can't hide it anymore It needs to be so free There's no Welcome to the show. My guest is ready to speak right away the moment she walked into uh, where, we're fi- where we're recording, which is my living room. Uh, it's Nikki Brown. Thanks so much for having me. So so Nikki uh, is a uh, writer, producer, actor, filmmaker. I mean, that's that's the over title. She's a filmmaker and it does, has done many things within it, Most mostly known for writing. I would say, but yeah, you've, primarily you've, a writer, but, uh, uh, fun fact, uh, you also have hosted podcasts. That's right. Yep. It's called crypto token talk and it's, uh, partly through my day job. Uh, I sort of had a content at this tech focused communications firm called Melrose PR. And we have a podcast where we talk about everything to do with blockchain technology and cryptocurrencies. And it's a lot of fun if anyone's interested in learning more about that stuff. Uh, I learned a little bit, I remember, uh, back in the day. And uh, it's it's complicated, not complicated. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. And then you can like keep getting deeper and deeper. And it gets sort of labyrinth-like <laughs> the, yeah. the deeper you go. But. Well, uh so speaking of uh, labyrinth, um, so I know, so I know you for the audience. I know you through uh, graduate school. We were both writers in the same writing program, and same thesis class. That's right. And then we eventually were in the same thesis class. So we spent a lot of time uh, together for about a year in that class. And uh, I always uh, this sort of will tie into what you're currently doing a little bit, but um, in 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 the program. Uh, you know, you were known to write a lot of like fantasy stories and that stories in that world. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and this is, and the, I'll ask this question how it relates to your work now. Um, but I remember you pitched or did this one story, which is not a fantasy story, but it was, but it was really funny or like. I don't even know if you meant it to be funny or you're just joke. I don't remember, but it was a, it had something to do with cats uh, shooting lasers. I don't even remember this one. <laughs> oh so my. that's incredible that you have it in your mind. I think I remember it cause I, it was so uh, left field. Like, <laughs> like it, I just didn't picture I went you. There. Yeah. I didn't picture you like pitching that either for fun or, or you actually like kind of thought of this whole like, no, it was like a these. It was like a cat superhero movie. I do love cats, so that doesn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like a cat super. It was just like really funny and fun, and like meant for, I think for like a, a youth audience, a younger and, audience. You know, yeah. and, and ultimately, yeah, in our thesis class, the material had to be more adult. That's so. That's so that true. idea was kind of just like, okay, well, that's not for this class. Maybe for something for you to do in the future. Maybe in the future. Uh, yeah. No, but I always remembered that idea and just thought it was. 
it just was funny. I don't know. Like I really like highly the, original. <laughs> possibly, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Maybe. Uh, or no. But yeah, like I think it, it was. <laughs> it was like the world you built around the cat's little lasers, that made it like really like kind of different and original and like it was. Hopefully, I have this written down somewhere. Yeah, because, yeah, because yeah. I have no recollection. It was. Uh, it was like a, the world building building part of it made it kind of super fun uh you know because i have seen cat laser youtube special effect videos or whatever but this is i'm like, sure that exists yeah. yeah but that this is way different anyways uh <laughs> <laughs> but i was gonna ask um so you you wrote a lot of fantasy uh when we first knew each other and then most recently you co-wrote up on the glass which we've mentioned on a past episode Yes, my fiance Kevin Del Principe was on season one. <laughs> yeah, friend of the show, Kevin, and uh, and that movie, uh, without needing to give it away, is like a like an adult dramatic story uh, yes. that is not a fantasy um, at all. So I was curious how you how you tra- kind of transitioned genres, or had you always written? dramatic material like this anyways or yeah that's a uh an interesting question i don't know if i really ever framed it that way to myself i think one connecting piece might be uh sort of appreciation for place and certainly in fantasy place and world building is a big factor yeah but that carries over to any kind of story right it's like sort of creating a character out of the place and um Mm. how do you bring that uh, sense of place out through the rest of the story, like through how the characters interact with it and what that means to people. Um, so I think that's one point of connection. Um, I also think that what draws me to storytelling and, um, and why I really, um, have appreciation for what you're doing with this podcast too, because it's all focused about storytelling, um, is just like the sense of, wonder and connection uh that people can find from telling stories and it really doesn't matter what genre genre becomes sort of you know maybe a a side piece to it right really it's about the the characters and um what meaning you pull from it yeah in the end yeah and i i guess you're yeah i guess to some degree there's universal writing tools yeah, that can carry over whatever genre you choose to write in. Um, but yeah, no, like that story. Uh, hopefully, people will have a chance to see it when it's out. Um, there's sort of a. It's set in like a small town. Yeah, small town yeah. in Michigan. Um, yeah, we filmed in a an area where I sort of spent a lot of time growing up. It was uh, oh, okay. Yep. Uh, it's called Shelby, Michigan, and um, we were able to film with the help of uh, lots of people. I, I grew up around the community there, lots of friends and family. Yeah. Um, so in that way, it's it's very personal. The story itself is not, if people ever see it, uh, pure fiction. <laughs> but but yeah, the place I, is something I'm <laughs> familiar with. I, I, do, I do know what the story is about, and I would hope that it is fiction. Yes. <laughs> given <laughs> given what, it, what happens in the story. Yeah. Uh, but, um, so yeah, so, you know, it's kind of interesting. You touched on storytelling. Uh, one thing I like about the way we do 
things here on this show is, um, you know, you know, like I bring on people that are fun storytellers, great stories, different, you know, like different versions of good storytelling. Mm -hmm. And then I tell them that they can't tell those stories. I tell them like, you got to put all those stories that you tell away that you maybe are known for or are comfortable telling. And you got to throw one out there that, uh, people don't know about. Yeah. And oftentimes there's certainly reasons why people don't or people real don't realize they don't until they actually talk it out. Uh, and then just see how it goes. So it's kind of like, you know, it's almost like, I guess if you're an athlete, it's like, you know, if you're a basketball player that shoots right-handed, I'm telling you, okay, you got to shoot left-handed this game, you know, and see what come, we'll see what happens. So, um, yeah. So why don't, if you're ready, why don't we hear, uh, your untold story, which uh, in this episode, there's no prep. I have no idea, like at all, what, where, when, how uh, this is going to be about. So uh, I guess I'm looking forward to a, a super blind story. Maybe it's yeah. about cats. This one is not. Okay. okay. Yep. Uh, I can uh, give that part away. <laughs> not about <laughs> cats. But um, yeah, no, I, I think the premise that you have for this podcast is uh, a really good one because it is interesting like why do we tell the stories we do um, and maybe it has something to do with the self story we want to create about ourselves and um, right, right. yeah so the, so the story that I'll just give this kind of little prelude to it for background um, the story I wanted to tell today um, sort of stood out to me because it's a part of the journey I had uh, when I went on this trip to Israel as a part of a birthright experience. Um, and I often tell stories from that trip, but I never tell this one. Okay. Um, and so it was interesting to think about, well, why that is. Um, but a little bit of background. So uh, I learned that I have Jewish ancestry, and you know this, of course, David, but um, for other people listening. Um, Actually, I, I don't think I do. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Or yeah, no, I don't. Just keep going. I, I, okay. I actually don't think I do. Got it. All right. Well, um, I, I did not grow up Jewish, um, and but I have a grandfather who was an orphan, and so never knew his heritage, and um, he passed away when I, when I was about ten years old. Um, but about five years ago, so this was around the time when we were at USC. Uh, my dad took a DNA test that revealed that my grandpa was 100% Ashkenazi. So that's one of the Jewish tribes. Okay. Um, and that was really sort of fascinating to all of a sudden learn about 25% of my heritage that I, I never even thought would be, when I was a child, I never thought it would be possible to, to know what that was. Yeah. Um, and then to learn that, um, okay, I'm 25% Ashkenazi. Uh, most people would call that Jewish, though I lack all other sort of facets of the Jewish experience that would normally be tied up with having that identity, right? I never went to synagogue. I never celebrated any Jewish holidays. Um, you know, I learned about some Jewish history through school, um, but right. that was about the kind of limitation of that experience. Um, but I, I had heard from friends that, um, you know, it's possible to go to Israel through this birthright, um, trip. 
which is supposed to be a, an experience for people who have Jewish heritage to to learn about their history, learn about Israel, right? Um, and that sort of um, and that that culture, and and hopefully like gain a sense of one's own experience with that identity. And I kind of often talk about the the various experiences I had while in Israel. You know, we went to Jerusalem and experienced the old city and um, to the more mystical city of Sfat um, and to Haifa and, you know, all these different kinds of experiences. Um, And and it was wonderful to, like, learn a lot about um, the history and, um, you know, for part of the trip, some of the Israeli soldiers came with us and so it was great to like get to know them and hear their stories um but after the kind of set period of the trip uh where most people went home um I decided to extend it for a few more days so I was there by myself and I thought that that would allow me more time to really I wanted to go back to Jerusalem uh and just explore the city more by myself um and so you know, at this point, I had spent kind of like 10 days with um, about 30 other people, and all of a sudden I'm on my own. I was pretty happy about that since, you know, 10 days of like running around, it, you know, we were all sort of tired by the end. So I was ready to just like have some time to reflect and um, experience the city anew without sort of being in this kind of crowd of people as we're walking around and seeing the sights. Um, but the way I was able to do this is I, um, connected with, we had a medic on our trip who, you know, uh, lived in Israel and he had a friend who lived in Jerusalem. So he connected me to that, that person. Um, and so I took a bus to Jerusalem and, uh, got there, but I, I didn't have, uh, you know, a way to contact this person. So I was waiting, um, outside of the apartment, uh, and we were supposed to meet at a certain time but she wasn't there uh, when I arrived. So I ended up waiting for hours where I was just sitting outside of the apartment. Uh, And so I was starting to get like very antsy. And um, I also knew that I only had that night and a little bit of time the next day, because then I had to, I had to get back to catch my flight. So I I was feeling antsy, not just because I didn't know, was I going to get a hold of this person? But I also you know, took the the bus trip over there because I wanted to have time to explore the city. And I felt like I was losing that time. Right, right. Uh, just waiting there. Um, and finally, I think it was a, about, it was late. It was dark. So it was like 9 or 10 p.m. when she finally arrived. I got the key and I told her that, you know, I don't have very much time here. So I think I'm just going to go out and walk around um, on my own. And... Um, so that was fine. I had a very interesting kind of walk through the various parts of the city. There's sort of like a, a Christian quarter and what's called like the Armenian quarter. Um, and, you know, the sort of the Jewish quarter and, and that part of the old city. Um, and it was, it struck me as very um, quiet because before when we were with the group walking around, I mean, not only were we surrounded by like 30 other people, but there were lots of tourists uh, out and about. And mm. this night when I was walking around, it, it felt very sort of isolating. Mm. And, and there weren't, um, you know, a lot of lights or anything. Um, and I sort of lost 
lost my way at some point as I was walking around. Uh, and, and it was, you know, pretty late, um, at, at that point. And I came to this kind of overlook, um, and I knew that if I, that I needed to find the Jaffa gate, and if I got there, I could find my way back. So I at least had that in my mind, if I could find where the gate was. So went to this overlook with the idea that maybe I could see where, where the gate was. Um, and there was this man there, uh, you know, dressed in sort of orthodox Jewish garb, um, like Hasidic Jews wear with the, um, the curls and like mostly black white shirt, uh, beard and, you know, did not speak English. Um, but I was like, it seemed like he understood some English because I was trying to tell him, uh, where I was trying to go. And, and he was like, Oh, I like gesturing to me sort of, um, you know, as someone would, if they don't necessarily know, uh, how to speak English, but like, Oh, I I know where to go basically. Um, and so I was following him and, you know, we're on this overlook and there's the, this sort of, uh, clearing beneath us that sort of is scattered. I don't know what it was exactly, but scattered with like ruins almost. Um, it wasn't a habited place. Hmm. Um, but I could see the, like the lights of, you know, the main part of the city beyond, like if you went through there, I would be able to get, um, to where there are more lights. Um, but things started to feel very weird. And here's this like supposedly very religious man supposedly trying to help me. Um, but I I was sort of like feeling almost like alarm. (laughs) Like this is, this is not a good situation like I'm here um with this stranger uh in a place I don't know and we're walking like down this sort of a area that looks like it was an abandoned ruins and uh I don't know if it's actually going to lead out (laughs) at the at the end of it um and this person doesn't speak you know a lot of English um and uh I, I had to actually like read back in my journal to remember exactly like what happened because I didn't hadn't even remember that point this part that um, I had pepper spray with me and I was like grabbing it at that point like oh, wow, okay, okay I should be wary about this and um, I I remember that he at one point like touched sort of like I don't want to say grabbed my arm because it wasn't aggressive but like touched my arm as if to like guide me down this rocky path. And I like drew my arm away very quickly and said, you go first because I want, I just felt like this is, I don't want him to be following me. Yeah. yeah. Like I want him to go down like first through this area. Right. Um, and I, I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever felt more sort of like frightened before in my life. Like I felt very scared and I, in retrospect, I probably should have just like, I don't know, walked away or got, went away. But I was all of a sudden found myself in this situation with someone who's supposedly trying to help me. And we walked down the path with him in front and me like three steps behind. 
And we got through this kind of abandoned area to like a larger path and the Jaffa gate was right ahead. And so, and I remember when we got there, I almost ran, (laughs) I walked away so fast. You could have called it a run to the Jaffa gate, which outside of the old city, that's like the crossing point. There's like light and more people and like, it felt more, a lot more safe when I got there. But it, so that was the experience. And, um, so I don't know if it necessarily qualifies as like best story because it's not really a positive, but I never tell it because it's, it was not, I mean, it wasn't a positive part of the experience. And, um, well, it's the best story you've never told, (laughs) you know, yeah. Catchphrase. Um, man. So did you, I guess, you know, in a situation like that, um, in a place that's considered holy, mm-hmm. did you feel some kind of like, I don't know, something's in the air or some kind of like spiritual element to the whole scenario just because of where you were? Uh, definitely when I was walking around, you kind of feel like this is, you know, a lot of people have felt that about this place and it kind of adds something right. um, more, you know, gravitas to the experience in in that moment it was sort of like these i don't know contradictions because uh you know people who are he's dressed in the manner of an orthodox jewish person so right you know one would think that you could maybe trust that person more or something you know like a, a religious person but we i mean of course we know that's not necessarily the case but I, I mean even now like I don't know this man could have been a very kind person who was trying to help me like that could have been the reality of what this the situation was yeah or it could have been something more nefarious that I narrowly kind of escaped and it's right that sort of adds a lot of complication to well, it be, yeah I mean because I guess your move to protect yourself was to have him go first Mm-hmm. But what? But he originally was like, "You go first, and maybe that's a language thing, custom. Who knows? Like, I don't know. Yeah, but, like it could have been trying to be polite, or. But you know, you're certainly in a. Yeah, I guess, I guess he showed you a shortcut, but it was through sort of a this desolate, right area. It's uh, it's it's kind of uh, fun that we kind of started the talk about how, you know, as, as with your writing background, building worlds and, uh, in the fantasy realm. And then here you're telling the story of, you know, being in Jerusalem, walking through these ruins that are abandoned and it's like this whole world in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really interesting. Um, so what, what do you, you know, why, why did you kind of, why, why is that a story you've held back, I guess, in your mind now, or, or now that you've said yeah. it, like, why, why was like, I don't want to tell this one. <laughs> right. Well, I think part of it is the, part of it is like the self kind of, um, almost shame or embarrassment of like, how could have I been so dumb in a way of like, why, 
why did I decide to go walking around in a city I didn't know at 10 p.m. at night by myself? Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think like that was about, you know, five, four or five years, at least five, yeah, five years ago now. Um, I mean, I think I had maybe some defiance of, you know, I wanted the reality to be that a young woman like myself could walk in any city she wanted freely. And just by, you know, doing it, that makes it so like that makes it a possibility. Right. Right. But, but the reality of the world is just not that way. And that's hard to accept. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, whether you're a, a man or a woman, it's not necessarily safe to walk in every city by yourself at night. And we might all wish for that to be the reality, but it's just not. And that's, that's hard to accept. Um, and so I think part of the reason why I never tell that story is, uh, is because of that. Cause it's like, uh, um, I don't like to think that maybe I was so naive uh, yeah, right. So there, there's there's that side of things. Um, but, I mean, I think that's also why maybe I want to tell it now. Because it's like, well, I think we should acknowledge that reality. And maybe me, by, sh- by sharing that, might help some other people who, um, you know, are traveling, are travelers themselves. And, uh, you know, just to have that reminder of... Yeah, experience the world and connect with people, um, and but also be be safe about it. And hopefully, you know, you can still. I could could have still seen the city in the morning when it was light. Yeah, and uh, made that choice. But I guess at the time you were, you know, you felt like you were losing time. You'd been waiting. So did you yeah. end up? Did you end up finding that person that you're supposed yeah. to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she had come at like whatever it was, 9 or 10 p.m. when we exchanged the keys. So that's when that's the time that I went out walking is because she had arrived oh, got late. It. Oh. Yeah. Oh, then you're like, I still want to go see something. Yeah, got I was it. like, okay, I still want to see something while I'm here. Got it. Um, and I had the key at that point, so it's like, okay, I'll just go on my own. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah. it was definitely this kind of, I mean, it was unfortunate. It was this, like, you know, one of the last nights I had in Israel period and that was the experience <laughs> you know yeah um, i mean you know it's uh you know it's a it's an uncomfortable encounter yeah like, regardless of positive or negative like you don't you don't know where you are you don't know this person they don't know you you there's some type of communication barrier so you're not really sure uh what to do here um and yeah i guess like it, it's sort of in a way um, you don't look that good either way. You know what I mean? Like if you, you look bad on one hand cause maybe you feel like you're judging him, but then on the other hand, that's right. Cause you, I, I felt some yeah. yeah guilt, about like, let's say the reality was he was really trying to help me instead. I'm like, no, you go first. And you know, he, per, he, and he actually in the moment he was acting sort of offended even, but I mean, that's not a reason yeah. to necessarily change your behavior, but um, the reality could have been that he was really trying to help me and I didn't show any thanks for that, you know? And so, but you, yeah, but you were operating out of caution right? yeah, and, and mm-hmm. also you're not familiar and 
yeah i you know i uh it's um i guess i guess i'm i'm curious what what gave you the confidence to just walk out at night you know like like why were you like i think i can do it in the city i think it's okay yeah i i mean i think that i had done quite a bit of traveling by myself in college so that gave me like a confidence that okay i can find my way or all you know everything will be okay yeah so i hadn't had an experience like that before either um so i guess yeah i was operating kind of in that same mindset as a person would probably up until the moment they have sort of you know, experience that makes them question their behavior or, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and of course, like when you're, you know, very young or I don't even know if you necessarily have to be young to feel this way, but, um, like you ha- might have a idealistic view of the world yeah. and, um, and just, and kind of have this attitude that, you know, by being, um, confident, you can, you know, by projecting a certain confidence, like you can create sort of security for yourself in a way. Right. Um, and, and I think also it's common for people, you know, even when they're warned about things, well, it's like the reaction is, you know, if someone's telling me like, well, don't walk by yourself. It's like, well, like, I want to be able to explore the world. Like, just because I'm a woman means that I can't have the experience of exploring. Like, no, I want to, like, <laughs> st- you know, stand up against that. And I'm going to go explore anyway. Uh, yeah. I, but it's like that is and I was confronted with that directly. It's just unfortunately not the reality. Well, yeah, I was I was I'm glad you you touched on that as as we kind of, you know closed out is like uh certainly the yeah certainly there's double standards all over society and i think certainly one of those areas is why can't a woman just travel alone walk around at night because that should be the case and not feel like it's fine right and so yeah like certainly like if you know like like if your fiance did was in the same scenario maybe no one would question his choice to just go out Mm mm-hmm uh, as much. Uh, and so, but you know, for a woman, it's, it's certainly really different. Yeah. And it Uh, feels unfair of course, because it's like, Oh, like, um, you know, traveling and experiencing kind of new perspectives and seeing new things like that, something that's important to me. And in that moment too, it felt like I'm making special times sort of out of this trip to like go back to Jerusalem and experience the city. It yeah. felt like I was being, I could have been denied that, you know, like how, how unfair, but, but that was, that's just an unfair kind of reality. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, so I guess how do you, uh, well, how do you feel now? I, I you kind of touched on it a little bit, uh, about, you know, kind of sort of acknowledging some regrets you had of, of how you handled the the situation, but now that you've yeah said it out loud and the all the the Nikki Brown fans are gonna hear <laughs> <laughs> yeah I that, yeah I'm not sure um I guess it's still it's still a story that I mean I don't feel 
proud of, you know, like, so that hasn't changed. Yeah. Like, it's still not a story that at a, you know, a gathering of friends I would bring out to tell. Um, But I, I think that's why it's also important to, you know, have maybe forums like this to yeah. to tell and share those stories. And, and also maybe there's that sort of cultural element too, which is, you know, you discovered that you have uh, Jewish heritage and you, you go yeah. back to what many p- people consider sacred ground, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, for Jewish faith. And then you have this encounter with this um, Orthodox person and it goes a little odd for you you know yeah but then you're supposed to go to this place to kind of learn and appreciate uh culture but then it's just it just does it becomes just kind of a more basic primal like you're out at night this person you don't know showing you to go somewhere that seems very questionable and, and then the manner as well yeah and you're not yeah. sure yeah i mean it's i guess yeah it's kind of the well, I don't want to talk about that in my travel experience story. Right, yeah. Because it's just I don't feel uh, comfortable about it. Um, but, uh, well, I mean, thanks for sharing an uncomfortable story. You know, I think, like you said, when you tell a story you want to tell, you also can frame how you appear to people, right? That's true, yeah. Because yeah. if you know a story well, you know how you could tell it, it could you could tell a certain way to get a certain, I guess, reaction about your personality. But, you know, when you're, you have to go a little bit off the grid and you're more like vulnerable than like, who knows? And it's not a story that I would, well, and maybe it will be now, but um, I guess what we talked about at the front of the podcast is how we tell stories to kind of build our self image in a way. Yeah. And the ones we leave out are, are for some reason we're we're not using those to build our self image, and maybe it's because there's something kind of slight that we feel guilty about or embarrassed about. Um, uh, and but may- that's also what makes us human. So, what a what a good way to end this episode with this like very very deep intellectual poignant message uh, from the woman that pitched a story about cats with lasers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which, which, which you don't remember, but for some reason I do. But anyways, uh, <laughs> I, I want to thank uh, filmmaker Nikki Brown for being on the show. Up on the Glasses, her movie, which will be out, I hope, soon. soon. And uh, check her out on her own podcast uh, at Crypto Talk. <laughs> crypto Token Talk. Tri- yeah. Crypto Token. Oh, my <laughs> I can't even plug shows well. Crypto Token Talk, Up on the Glass, Nikki Brown. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, David. All right, bye. Ready for another episode? Well, check us out at beststoryinevertold.com or also find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or a number of other podcast aggregators. And if you're interested in sponsoring a future episode of this series, please contact us at beststoryinevertold at gmail.com. Thank you.